Hello, listeners. I'm Zach. And I'm Valina. And we're just a couple of horror fans making a horror podcast. Welcome to This House Was Never Meant to Be a Podcast. We're going to be covering all of the horror anthology shows that we can get our hands on. And today, we will be continuing Tales from the Dark Side with the episode, The Madness Room. It starts with this woman who's sitting on a fancy kind of sofa, and she's wearing this white dress and she's reading a book that just says charles dickens on it that's mm-hmm. all it says so you don't know what like book it actually is mm-hmm. uh, i guess like you could assume maybe it's a collection yeah but or it's a book called charles dickens by who because <laughs> there was the author listed edgar Allan poe oh my god you never know and it, it's very silly there's this little moment where a hand reaches up right behind her and like grabs her as though we're supposed to be expecting a jump scare right away. But there is no time whatsoever to really build that up. So it just comes off as something that's clearly meant to be a jump scare, but it fails the very second it starts. So it never had a chance to be a true jump scare. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just very off-putting right away because it, it fails in its very first scene to try to scare you. And it turns out to be her husband, who is like 100 years older than she is. <coughs> and She's the child bride of the two. Yes. And he says something about the fact that he creeps instead of walks anymore because he almost scared her. Like, I don't think he Because he treads lightly. Yeah, he treads lightly and walks with a large stick. <laughs> And and he says, I don't know why you put up with me. And they kiss. <laughs> and uh, we all feel uncomfortable. I'm just kidding. If you have a May-December romance, good on you. But it is a bit uh, odd right off the bat. But she says, oh, I put up with you because you're a good kisser. Which <clears throat> we're about to see is not true whatsoever. Because... The doorbell rings, and she says, who the heck could that be? And, of course, the husband, who says, it's Michael. He's from his work or whatever, and he came over here to talk business. I'll get it. And then she says, no, 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 let me get it. So she gets up, and he has, like, a sudden chest pain, and he grabs his chest. To indicate chest pain. Yeah, to indicate that he's having chest pain. And he, like, immediately grabs out of his pocket a bottle of pills. So we go to the wife who's answering the door and the man who is standing behind the door gives her this look that makes it very, very clear that he's having an affair with this man's wife. Clearly, these two are lovers. That is the way they're looking at each other and immediately sets up what's about to happen in this whole episode. So the man comes in. The husband is feeling a little bit better. He puts his pills away. And then we just cut to this man talking business with the husband. Now, before we get any farther, let me actually say, I give you the the, the lowdown on who the cast is here. Mm. Uh, the husband, the character's name is Edward Osborne. He's played by Stuart Whitman who was a really popular actor in the 50s or so. He played in a lot of older movies. There was a lot of, I don't want to call it like B movies exactly. I've not watched a lot of them to be able to categorize them as such, but they kind of have that look to them. He was in Night of the Lepus, which Mm -hmm. definitely qualifies. For those uninitiated, Night of the Lepus is a giant animal horror movie. Where they decided instead of something scary, they were just going to use a bunch of rabbits. (laughs) Yes. Pretty sure Mystery Science Theater covered it at some point. Or if they haven't, they should have. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was... Oh, Rift Tracks? Rift Tracks. They probably did a Rift Tracks of it. But this man was in, like, a lot of stuff. IMDb describes him as being in rugged roles. And I think that's literally true. He was in the original A-Team TV show. Hmm. He was also in several Chuck Norris movies, and he played in a lot of westerns, or at least several things that look like westerns, so he seems to be cast for the manly man kind of role. And then we have the, I guess, the lover. The character's name is Michael Fox, uh, not to be confused with Michael J. Fox, and he's played by Nick Benedict, who's, who's played in a handful of shows, anthology shows like Tales from the Dark Side. I think mm-hmm. there's Tales from the of the Unexpected or... 
something along those lines. We've mentioned this show before and it always gets its title wrong. We might cover it at some point, maybe. That'd be cool. And, of course, the wife, Kathy Osborne, is played by Teresa Pear, who, kind of like Nick Benedict, has been in a couple of things, but she was known for a movie called Jailbait Babysitter, <laughs> which is only really notable, I mean, I've not seen it, because it was a movie directed by the person who directed this episode, John Hayes. Huh. So, I don't know if they're, like, friends or whatever, but he casted her in this as well and of course all of these guys are perfectly fine in their roles i'm not trying to bash their acting capabilities but But you you can only transform what you're given so much yeah so they're just kind of okay with the roles that they've been given (laughs) so uh let me just get right back into the uh the plot here so they're talking business and it doesn't really matter what they're saying because in like three seconds they start talking about the fact that the wife brings in a literal Ouija board. No spirit board, great value brand knockoff. We're talking an actual on-brand Ouija board. Yeah, it was at Hasbro. (laughs) I think at the time they didn't actually own it yet. I think it was like Parker Brothers or Milton Mm. Bradley or one of those older ones that was bought off by Hasbro. Well, this was in the 80s. I mean, the episode aired in like 1985, so... I think, I mean, was it, I don't know if they owned it back that was, then. That was like 2000s. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Okay, so either way, this is like a legit Ouija board, which like mm. I said, you, or like you said, you kind of really see it's usually like a knockoff, so they don't have copyright issues. And mm. of course, Michael gets really upset. He's like, oh, I've heard really bad things about Ouija boards. They're like evil and evil spirits come out of them. And the husband, Edward, he looks upon this disdainfully. He's like, you're playing that silly little game. And the wife, Kathy, says, well, you know, I'll do whatever I want with my free time. And I certainly have a lot of it. And this line kind of is kind of what hints towards why she's having an affair. I am going to presume that her husband leaves her quite a lot or leaves her alone probably way too much with that business guy michael because she's having an affair with him i mean not that it is an excuse for the affair but i think it's probably the reason she probably doesn't do a lot with her husband and, and that... the fact that she's basically married to a corpse yeah I mean, that's the other half of it i would imagine yeah i mean there is that age thing and apparently she's i guess a gold digger i mean he lives in a freaking mansion so i don't know either way she is not happy with her husband and is cheating on him don't do that so they convince michael both of them actually convince michael to join them with the ouija board because the husband he doesn't even though he doesn't like the ouija board he really does want to indulge his wife's silly whims because he loves her and so they do get him to sit in front of her. Um, now, keep in mind, Edward is not touching the Ouija board at all. He's just watching Michael and Kathy put their hands on the planchette. So Kathy tells them that the presiding spirit of the Ouija board is named Ben, who is the original owner of the house. So Kathy decides to ask Ben where he lives when he's not presiding over the Ouija board. And Ben spells out the madness room. Ooh. (laughs) And of course, Michael's all freaked out. He's like, what does that mean? And then Kathy goes on this little exposition drop where she says that she's in research into the house and she found out that it was haunted, that everyone who's ever stayed in the madness room has gone insane. And that she found out that a hundred years ago, when the original owners were living in the house, the wife of Ben, her name was Ophelia of course. Fairchild, yes, <laughs> had gone crazy and she shot Ben and threw herself and her baby down a well, I guess, which was located in the madness room. But the husband tells Kathy to ask Ben where the room is because he's never seen it. I mean, he lived in this house however long and has Probably 200 years. <laughs> and he has not seen that room. And she asks the spirit board Mm. and ben spells out fire ring which of course doesn't actually explain where the room is but it Mm. kind of does because they go to the fireplace and she's looking around and she's like well i know it says firing and i know that's gotta mean the fireplace and she grabs the grate and they move remove it and there's like a fire burning in the fireplace right now and i guess that (laughs) grate really wasn't hot because you got through the bare hands so uh, okay (laughs) and then they find the little 
metal ring just kind of in the side of the fireplace. Mm -hmm. It looks like a knocker. And they look at it and they decide that just going to pull the whole thing out, like the whole brick and everything. And it just kind of happens like the next scene, the brick has been removed and Edward reaches his hand inside and he pulls out a piece of paper that has a key inside of it. And he's, of course, shocked to see that there was actually a thing in there. And the wife takes it and she looks at it and finds out that it's a blueprint and that it's going to show them where the room is. And, of course, she's all like, well, we'll just use our logic, right? Wherever it says the madness room is, we'll try to figure out what our house looks like now. And wherever it should be, that's where the room is. Because they don't know where the room is, right? It's built somewhere into the house. So, Michael gets really freaked out. He's a spirit warper. Scary. This is even scarier. I don't really want to stay. And Kathy is, like, kind of angry at him for being a scaredy cat. And, of course, Edward isn't so mean, but he does basically demand that he stay to keep his wife calm. (laughs) So he decides to make himself a drink, and he offers the other two a drink. And, of course, this is when the husband says, I would love a drink. It's one of life's little pleasures, but the doctor says I can't. So there's more about his heart there. And Kathy is looking at the paper. And Kathy gives her husband the paper to look at while she and Michael hit the spirit board again. So as they are actually using the spirit board and it spells out this cute little rhyme. (laughs) And (laughs) (laughs) scoff at me and damned you'll be. Lock the door behind us four. Drop key and crack the only way back. And that just very obnoxiously destroys the little pattern that they had. But I guess it rhymes. So that gives us the little clue as to what's going to happen when they get to the madness room. Because clearly that doesn't tell you anything about how to get to the room. So Mm -hmm. they decide to go on a little treasure hunt looking for the room. So... The next scene, because they've looked at the blueprints, they're walking in this, like, very bright, pale hallway. At first I thought it was, like, this bright white, but it actually has this kind of very faint pattern on it. It's just hideous. And the, the <laughs> I feel like it's clearly a fake room in just general because the ceiling is so high for an actual house. Mm-hmm. Two full-grown men standing on each other's shoulders probably couldn't reach the ceiling. And that's just not the way a house is. It's not a hallway. Hallways do not look like that. You know, mm-hmm. that's uh, just very, very clearly like a, it looks like a hotel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a hotel hallway because yeah, a normal it, hallway. It has like the shining halls with how freaking tall. The ceilings are. Yeah, but even The Shining had more welcoming wallpaper patterns. It just didn't look good. And so they're already holding a pick and a crowbar. Like, they are just raring to tear down a wall by themselves. And, I mean, I know they're super rich, but I would have a bit of hesitation just tearing down a wall. Mm. I mean... Why would you do that? It's going to look horrible and you're going to have to hire someone to fix it. It's just they just so don't care about destroying their own house. It's a bit disturbing. So they find out where it is and I believe they like hit the wall seeing where it could be. They find it and of course you you don't get to see them destroy it. They just next scene there's a big old hole in the wall and there's like several feet between where the wall is and the door. Which is really funny considering the hallway itself is really wide. Again, think about like a hotel hallway where it's wide enough for several people to walk side by side. There is like a good two feet, maybe even more between the inside of the wall and the hidden door behind the wall. Which means that that hallway is actually two feet wider than it literally previously was whoever hid the madness room when they rebuilt the house or remodeled the house to hide the madness room. That was a huge hallway. They didn't just tape over it or wallpaper over it. They built a whole entire wall two feet away from that door, which means the entire hallway is two feet more narrow than it should have been. And that just just bothers me. That is not how big a house is. Are you sure it wasn't like a divot that the door is at the back of? I don't think so because it looked like there was darkness on either side. There was like heavy shadows. I mean, the door was black. But that could also just be bad set building. I I think it was bad set building. But I'm going with the in-universe explanation that they're in too big of a house. (laughs) This house is too big and I don't like it. It's unwelcoming and unrealistic, and the wallpaper is ugly, and I wouldn't live there. The worst crime. 
That's that very truly much is the maddening part of this whole thing. It sure is. So as Michael and Edward are looking at the door, the girl pulls out a gun and you have like the scary suspense music. Like, oh my gosh, is she just going to start shooting? And I like that we get like a little commercial break at this point. Now, keep in mind, we're watching this on DVD. We don't have commercials. Mm-hmm. And I don't even like mentioning the commercial breaks unless those mean something. But this one does because it's supposed to end on a cliffhanger mm-hmm. to keep you just on the edge of your seat for when the commercial commercial ends and the the show begins again and they both look up at her and the husband says why do you have a gun and she's like for protection and he's like i don't think guns are going to protect us against ghosts and it's so hilariously anticlimactic because uh-huh. of course she wasn't going to just start shooting them the episode isn't even half over yet and there'd be no reason previously set up for her to just start shooting the both of them. And it just, again, it it, just, it... it reeks of that jump scare at the beginning of the episode. Exactly. That failed jump scare at the beginning. This just feels a whole lot like that. Just another failed just jump scare. DOA. What? DOA. It's dead on arrival. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, there's a band called DOA. I was thinking about I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, so they enter the room... And there's cobwebs that are super thick hanging off the walls. There's baby dolls hanging on ropes. And just the whole nine yards of a haunted attraction. And they go in and the girl, Kathy, she's like, where's the light switch? And of course, the husband's like, this place has been barred up for like 100 years. Of course, there's not going to be a light switch. And I kind of want to point out at this point, and I feel like this was actually established a bit earlier, but this is kind of when I first noticed it, that... Edward, despite having kind of ridiculed Kathy about her playing the game, has now fully bought into this whole story. With very little provocation or convincing, he already believes 100% in this room, Mm -hmm. which means he believes fully in what Ben has said, which means he does, in fact, believe in what came across the Ouija board. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that he thought it was silly and said it was silly, he completely 100% now buys into it. Mm Mm-hmm. So they look around and Michael finds a lamp, like a kerosene lamp. It's filled with oil or nice kerosene. And it like, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what the heck the kerosene lamp is filled with, but it's something that burns that like lights the room for them. I'm pretty sure kerosene is an oil. It, I mean, I know, but I'm like using the vague Dyson words instead of just kerosene. Mm-hmm. but they use the lamp. It's not really even that dark in there to begin with, I don't think, but they use the lamp. And Kathy says that, hey, Ben told us to lock the door behind us in the little rhyme. And of course, Michael's like, uh, yeah, I don't want to do that. And Edward is like, hey, hey, if we're in here, we should be playing by Ben's rules. Of course, meaning that not only does he believe in it, but he's also superstitious enough to do something a ghost told him to do that makes no sense when you think about it. Mm-hmm. So she looks around past so much of this baby dolls hanging and she finds this little diary on like this dusty old shelf and she starts reading it aloud. She's all like, oh, this is Ophelia's diary. And she starts reading it. Oh, I love my new baby, but it cries and it cries and it cries. And Michael is like, okay, you're getting a little too into that. I'm going to take this book away from you. And she just starts screaming, don't touch me. And then she continues like reading it. The raindrops are talking to me. And all they talk about is death and deceit, deceit, death and deceit. And she's getting real worked up. So her husband approaches and she starts screaming at him not to touch her. And, of course, both of them are kind of getting a little freaked out. And she's like, you have clammy hands. <laughs> it's like, okay. So Michael is like, okay, you know what? The room is getting to you. We should just remove you from this room. That would make a lot of sense. And, of course, she's like, yes, the house is getting to me. The room is getting to me. And dear husband you are getting to me with your glam hands (laughs) and so this is when she pulls the gun out and we of course couldn't possibly have seen this coming (laughs) and points it at him and this is when edward you know the husband he gets his chest pain again and michael just completely ignoring the the fact that she's got a gun he grabs him and helps him sit down on one of the dusty old beds and he's like hey you know what oh we need to get out of here he's not well we can't just stay here and she's all like no one's getting out of here no one's leaving so he's like okay well 
well, I'm just gonna take you out. So he tries to take the gun and she shoots him. And dead. So lover boy falls dead and of course Edward grabs the key and he's like, Kathy, maybe this will break the spell. And he takes the key and he drops it into the crack. Like the rhyme says, because there's like, okay, when I say the crack, yeah, there's like a crack in these old floorboards. There's just a big old hole down the length of one of the boards and he just drops it in. And she has the gun and she starts raising it to her own head. And the husband, he's like having a heart attack on the ground and he's like, no, Kathy, no. And then she shoots herself and she falls down like and lays over Michael's body. And he kind of passes out or dies, presumably. powers down he just powers down he shuts his eyes and stops breathing for a second and we look at all the dead bodies for a little scenic view of the body count and then michael says hey kathy and then they both get up and then she's like you are a genius and then they kiss dun 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 yeah like we didn't see that like very first second he appeared so they already know that Edward's not dead. I thought he was dead, but then they walk up to him and he like opens his eyes and he's alive. So why did they spoil it? Like I wanted two different endings. I guess. I it, it doesn't make any sense that they would have gotten up immediately if they didn't think he was dead. Why wouldn't you wait until he was dead? What was the point of that? Because clearly they wanted to talk to him because they get up and immediately go talk to him before he even moved. He like wakes up because they're talking to him. So it was just a weird moment. So she decides to just tell her husband the entire plan. And she says, I had the room added when you were in the hospital. This whole thing is fake. It was more convoluted than that. She took one of the old rooms and she boarded it up. Was it? Her husband could have went into the madness room before it was sealed off. No sense. He just walked in the highway. uh, um, mm. (laughs) He just walked down a hallway and like, oh wow, was there a room here? And then just ignored it. And wasn't this hallway two feet wider? How would you not know? Melina, have you seen how big that house is? He's probably never been down that wing before. I mean, like, I guess, but I I just don't buy it. He has also gone constantly, too. I guess that's another thing. I mean, I guess that is the case, but I I get the feeling that this man's owned this house. Like, this is his house, not his wife's house. Yeah, it would be very interesting. It's like, hey, we had a 28-bedroom house. What happened to the 28th room? An entire room disappearing is a lot more noticeable. I feel like like it somehow would have made more sense. They had another room. That was just bigger that he never went into. Maybe they had like a nursery that they never like had a baby. So they just have like this old decaying nursery that they never enter. And she's like, you know what? I don't think he would notice if I just cut that nursery in half. So I'm just going to do that because he never goes in there. And it's just right in the perfect spot for the madness room that I'm going to build. Because otherwise a whole room going away and the hallway shrinking two feet. You're going to notice that. There's no way he's not been down the hallway before. This is his house. I don't even care how often he's gone. You would notice. You would notice a whole entire room disappearing. A whole two feet being shaved off your hallway, you know? It just makes so little sense for that Mm. to be the case. I just... uh, It's really dumb. Anyhow, so... Okay, the husband's basically responds to their admission of this whole thing being a setup to make him die of a heart attack. He says, well, what if I don't want to play your stupid game? Maybe I'm just not going to die of a heart attack. And then she's like, oh yeah, well, we thought of this. We're just going to help you along. And he just grabs a pillow. He just grabs a, he grabs a pillow to like smother him. It's like, that's a lot more noticeable than a heart attack. Like why go through this entire convoluted thing? If you're just going to smother him in his sleep. It doesn't make... Smother him in his waking hours. I mean, they're literally just moving the pillow oh. closer to his face at the time. I mean, like... Wh- oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I I feel like smothering and sleep go together. Um, <laughs> That's because you sleep face down. <laughs> it's a real danger for me every time I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> So he grabs the kerosene lamp that they had filled with mystery fluid and he tosses it against the wall and it just explodes into fire and it just catches the whole room on fire like immediately. Which is pretty impressive when you consider the fact he's dying of a heart attack. Yes, but instead he wanted to die by being burned to death because remember the door is locked Mm -hmm. and he also dropped the key down a crack. 
So Michael and Kathy freak out. They're like, um, okay, cool. Uh, we're just gonna leave. Could you open the door with the spare key that you have? And Michael's like, I don't have a spare key. I thought you had a spare key. She's like, I do not have a freaking spare key. If you did not have a spare key, why would you put that stupid extra line inside the poem? He's like, I didn't put the line in the poem. And I guess all it was missing was them both looking at the camera and saying, then who did? (laughs) Yes. And they don't even have to because immediately Edward says, Ben. And then we hear some random person who is none of those characters just start laughing. And then we turn to a portrait like a painted portrait of like like a presumably old fashioned looking dude on the wall that's already on fire. And then you just still hear the laughter. And then that's where the episode ends. With the final shot being the house literally going up in smoke. Yeah. Although I do want to mention, I feel like almost immediately Michael and Kathy dropped dead of smoke inhalation Mm -hmm. or pass out or whatever. I mean, they were standing up pretty tall. They were taking deep breaths and they were doing everything they could to just die of it. I guess. And then, like, you hear you have Edward, this old man who's currently having a heart attack, is alive this whole time. I mean, he's coughing with the smoke, but he didn't go down as fast as they did. Like, dang. Um, The old man has suffering a heart attack lasted longer than they did in the smoke. Yeah. But he's also closer to the ground, too. Yes. That is his fire survival tip, by the way. Stay low to the ground. You'll survive longer because the oxygen is more plentiful lower. Yes. You didn't think you were going to get fire safety tips today, did you? (laughs) Yes. Stop, drop, and roll, kiddos. If I caught on fire, I'd probably just scream. I probably wouldn't even stop, drop, and roll. I mean, you learn that, but... It's a whole other thing being on fire. Yeah, I mean, I did catch fire once, and the only thing I did was scream and hit at the fire (laughs) with my other sleeve that was currently not on fire. (laughs) Don't also here's another fire safety tip, kids. Don't cook with long sleeves. Don't cook with long (laughs) sleeves, okay? (laughs) I learned my lesson the hard way. (laughs) Okay, like if you're gonna cook with long sleeves, at the very least, roll them up. And don't use a fire stove, you know, a gas stove that has actual open flame. You will literally catch fire like I did. You won't stop, drop, and roll. And you'll use your other flammable sleeve to slap at the the sleeve that's on fire. Don't be a dummy like myself. The more you Um, know. The more you know. (laughs) I miraculously did not get any actual burns. Fleece is apparently pretty thick, but don't take that chance. So, let's get into the meat of this episode, which is... What? I couldn't have said it better myself, Alina. <laughs> like, I feel like there's just... That ending is supposed to be like this big old twist. Now, I'm not disappointed with, oh, the the, the whole thing was a plot to murder him. I, it, well, I mean, murder it's so plots very, are awesome. Yeah, it's predictable, but I like it. It's okay. That little extra twist that the ghost was real to punish them might have come across a lot better had they not already set up the fact that all of it was fake. Mm-hmm. So, did they just will a ghost to existence? Yeah, that's the weird part of this episode. Because it's like, it's totally possible that they could have just looked into the past of the house and just picked random people to use the names of to lend believability to their story. But the question is, how much did they make up and how much is real? Mm -hmm. And here's the thing that sort of gets me too. Now, it's possible that when Kathy said she did research into the house, all that could be real. Maybe she thought... Her husband would do digging himself and find maybe that wasn't true. Or maybe I built the house from the ground up with all my money. So I know no one built this house but me. So maybe it is a real story she used. So say Ben is a real person. But I feel like that really can't be true because he built the madness room. So there's not really a madness room. So that would be something fake anyway that he'd be able to check up on if he was looking anyhow. So why not fake the original owner? Unless the man knew him. Maybe inherited the house from, or bought the house from that man or whatever. I mean, I, I don't know why in the world they would not make up Ben, but make up literally everything else. Or if all of it was real, except the madness room, and they had to specially build that. I feel like anyone could get real blueprints of the house, right? That would have been the regular blueprints, right? Because they just covered up a regular room. Mm-hmm. So that would have been the 100 plus year old blueprints to the house. That would have included the madness room to lend some credibility to it and then make up some new fake ones to exclude the madness room. Yeah, it just it, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's not very satisfying mm-hmm. to have, oh, the ghost revealed is real if there's 
no indication of this ghost being based off a real person. Because as far as we know, everything's fake. Yeah, and then, of course, there's a little zinger at the end where they have, like, oh, the picture is clearly supposed to be Ben. But they decorated the madness room. They put that picture there. That picture, just like the little hanging babies and the cobwebs, those are all props to make the madness room look scary. And might I add, those dolls are plastic. Yeah, they're just so stupid baby So they wouldn't dolls. have been 100 years old. Yeah, like they would have been porcelain dolls or something. Or, and they're not uh, porcelain. that weird composite doll, which is like a weird wood pulp kind of doll. Mm. The ones that the paint just peels off Ugh. of, those are composite dolls. And they're made up of like wood pulp and stuff. And that's what they would have used. Yeah. Because it's not 100 years ago from now. It's 100 years ago from the 80s. So this would have been 1880s. Yeah. This would have been cowboy era. Maybe even a little before that. Mm -hmm. And they just found this old painting at like Goodwill and they put it just on the wall. (laughs) And we're supposed to buy that that is actually the original owner of the house. Maybe, maybe they found the actual picture of that dude in like a library or something and they made a copy to put in the frame in the picture in the room. I don't think that really flies. I feel like that, that doesn't make a whole, I mean, I guess that could work if he was a real person, but like. And as far as we know, he is. If they're taking names from the actual history of the house and just applying a ghost story to it. But why even put him in there? Because the idea of it is that the madness room, everyone who's ever lived in there gone insane, but it started with Ophelia, right? Which suggests that multiple people have lived in that house during this 100 years span, right? Which means that he wouldn't still have all that stuff there because all of that stuff is presumably Ophelia stuff. But if so many people were living in there and going mad, Do they just keep the baby dolls hung from the ceiling? Or they put them there later, right? Except for the fact that who knows how long the old man had owned the house. I mean, he is rather old. He couldn't have, of course, been living there his entire life, maybe, unless he got that from his family. In which case, he would have known if someone had gone mad in that room, and he would have known if there was a room there. So, like, how long... I mean, a hundred years is not enough time. For Mm -hmm. so many people to have been living in that room, right? Definitely. So there's too many holes in that fake story to begin with. And that kind of makes you, like, think, now, if this was supposed to be a room that had been, like, lived in, that portrait would not be there. I literally, like, if it were me and I moved into a house and there's this weird old portrait of the original owner, I would probably get rid of it. You know, or move it to a different place. Maybe I wouldn't get rid of it and be like, oh, this is the person who built the house. This is going in the attic or the basement or turned around. Storage. Like in a storage (laughs) container. Like, I'm not going to be looking at it. I feel weird. I feel creepy. I was asking to be haunted, to be honest with you. I don't Uh think I could just do that. But if this was the original owner, that means that they got the painting from the house itself. Which means that's the man's house. That's a painting he would have seen. Which means had he seen that painting inside that room that would have made it less believable to him because he would have been like oh wasn't this painting in the attic you know so i feel like that couldn't possibly be ben i don't know that whole reveal makes so very little sense definitely i mean maybe if they had actually tried to differentiate between what was true about her story versus what was fake it would have landed a little better but you can only squeeze so much into half an hour I don't know. They squeeze a lot into half an hour sometimes. And there's one important thing we did not mention. Mm. This was something that we noticed the very first time we watched this episode ever. It's something that bothered us every single time we had to rewatch it. And it is literally the fact that in their living room, as a decoration, they have this lamp. And it has the lampshade that I am not joking. It actually looks like a butthole. Yes, 100%. It looks like a sphincter. Yeah, it is like, it is disgusting. Like, there's no, there's no way around it. Like, we, it literally looks like a butthole. Yes. We, we're just like, what the heck is that? It's a butthole lamp. Yeah, and we are just so horrified with this lamp, and we are going to put it on our Instagram page. Okay, so we always put like a picture for our episode. Mm. Uh, so you might actually see that first before you listen to our episode. I don't know if you listen to us because you saw us on instagram or anything but we are going to have a picture of it on our instagram page 
because it has to be seen to be believed. Like someone yes. chose that and said, you know what would be good in this episode? You know what won't be distracting? Yeah, a freaking lamp. A it butthole looks like a lamp. Butthole. <laughs> it. I. I hate it. I hate the lamp. I hate that someone chose that lamp, and I hate that somebody made that lamp. <sighs> okay. I don't know where the lamp is now, but I think it should have been in the madness room. It's in a preparation age commercial. Yes, it probably was. <laughs> I think that had that lamp been inside the madness room, it would have been very easy to buy that people went insane in that room. It just, it's horrible. Um, and you guys need to see it. So go to our Instagram at this house podcast and please look at this hideous lamp i'm not sure if anyone else in the entire universe has seen this lamp has watched tales from the dark side watched this episode and realized how much it looks like that but we have and now that we've seen it we can't unsee it and we want you to see it too mm-hmm. so that's the madness that we are trying to spread in this world right now <laughs> so yeah that's our two cents about the set design <laughs> So what do you think about this episode's, I want to say scariness? How well do you think the episode handles trying to be scary? Maybe like a negative three. <laughs> okay, like yeah. because it tried to do, be scary like twice and failed so hard, that goes like so far backwards. Like, wow, look at that. It's trying to be scary. It just doesn't work. And also nothing about this episode is scary. So the fact that they even tried to shoehorn in a freaking jump scare two of them it just doesn't really work and i guess technically only the first one is supposed to be a jump scare the second one is just like suspense it's just suspense that i don't believe at all so it's not very suspenseful like oh she's pulling out a gun it's like i i don't believe it like i don't believe you it's It's like the chapter breaks in a goosebumps book yeah it's just like they have to have something no matter what it is and then i died but but not really, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it only felt like I died. I have a really good imagination. And it's like, you can't just say I died in chapter three. Like, I don't believe that. This isn't how it became a ghost. Uh, just so you know, I love Arl Stein. I love Goosebumps books. So I am not trying to bash them. I love everything about them. Yes, we love Arl Stein. Our Lord and Savior. Please follow us on Instagram. Arl <laughs> Stein specifically. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, we're not worthy. <laughs> We need to post more Goosebumps things. So here's another important thing about this episode that I would kind of want to bring up in the timeline sense of how this doesn't make sense. Hmm. They made this whole thing up, right? They had to hide the key because it was a room they already had and they had to hide this key. A hundred years ago, Ophelia goes insane. And then I guess, I don't know. Some amount of time later, after a bunch of people going in and out of the room going insane, they decided to just chip away at a brick on the fireplace. Or did they build the fireplace after the whole house was built? Uh, I feel like... Because those secret compartments are usually there when the house is built. Because they don't usually build in giant empty spaces and fireplaces. At least I don't think they do. You want to be funny. Keeping in mind that that whole brick thing is a complete fabrication from Michael and Kathy. They put that there just so they could have their little treasure hunt or their scavenger hunt, right? But there were places people would put stuff, apparently, and they were in, like, the banisters of, like, a staircase. You know, like, there's, like, a little knob on top of, the, like, the banister for a staircase. Mm-hmm. I want to think there is a, a corner that would have that, and that would be where people would put things like that. If they were actually trying to hide something, it would be in a place like that. It wouldn't actually be in the fireplace. Why would you put anything in the fireplace? Especially something flammable. Yeah. Like a map or a blueprint. Yeah, so that's just something that they wanted because it makes it more interesting, right? It's in the fireplace, like where no one would suspect anything. Where already we've had at least another old person hiding something inside of the fireplace. (laughs) So Uh, that's a callback to Trick or Treat. The old codger that hides his IOUs in the little shelf inside the fireplace. Just don't hide paper inside the fireplace. I don't know why that's a theme. It's already happened twice. This is episode 18. So yeah. But it works for these people, I guess. Yeah, they just stick it in there because... Dead. Now another question. Did they like eat the crowbar and the pickaxe once they entered the room? Because think- they could have used those to just claw their way out of the room when the door was locked. I feel like... I would use a pickaxe to escape a burning room. (laughs) I feel like that they didn't bring them in with them. I think that they just tossed them inside the hallway. 
instead of actually bringing them in there with them, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Because if you think about it like this, they were planning on murdering the old man. What if he was fighting back? They were just going to use the pillow anyway. I mean, that crowbar would come in handy. Or I mean, they the literally pig. had a gun. Oh, you know what? Like, That's right. I'm stupid. I'm like, oh, you could use the freaking crowbar to kill someone when you have like a I loaded mean, you, gun. You can. No. The gun was filled with blanks. They shot themselves with it. You can kill someone with a blank, believe it or not. Yeah. You just have to have it up against their head. But that's besides the point. I don't know. Maybe they didn't want the old man to get a hold of the pig because he did have the pig. So they, ew, the, the, the wife made the old man with a heart condition. <laughs> <laughs> like. Oh my God. I mean, I guess she was planning on killing him anyway, but like. Oh Might my well god, get some what free the heck? Labor out of it, I guess. I don't Dang. Know. Like, hi, husband who's 70 with a heart Did condition. Did you knock this wall down for Did me? Did you, like, knock a wall down with your bare hands while I just sit here with a gun? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, we already know she's a rotten person because she was planning on killing I mean, her husband she had a that she had an affair with, and she also bought a butthole lamp. But, like,. I feel like the line that she actually crossed was making her sickly husband do hard labor. Uh, like, I'm sorry. That's just wrong. So, you know, I'm kind of curious. What do you think of this episode? I think this episode, on the whole. <laughs> the butthole. <laughs> the butthole lamp. For the subtlety the episode goes for. I feel like it's very mediocre. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's plot holes, yes, but it's not, like, horrible. Plot holes you could fall in, yeah. It's just such a lame, but also not awful episode. It's very bland in just everything it was trying to do. Bland in an inoffensive way. Yeah, it, it's just a whodunit. And I like whodunits, mind you, but it it is very bland. Like, you can't put a whole lot of intrigue into the 30 minutes. Or perhaps I'm giving them too much credit by, like... That's a lot of benefit of the doubt. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm giving them too much benefit of the doubt. I mean, you can do a lot in a short amount of time. I've seen short films, you know? It's Mm -hmm. like, I know how much you can do with little time. So I don't know why I'm giving these guys, like, the little free pass. But, yeah, it just, it wasn't really that interesting it kind of just happened and there's too many plot holes characters exist it's Uh, maddening it's maddening so yeah i just i'm just gonna rate it right now it's a solid three and not even like a positive three like mookie and pookie which i i came to like a three negative yeah like i came to really love mookie and pookie although like i couldn't really give it higher than a three because it sort of doesn't deserve it but like i think out of my own personal love of it i'd give it mm-hmm. a 3.5 in retrospect just for that extra amount of love i have for it uh-huh well this is more like a 2.5 in that yeah. it's less than perfectly apt. yeah like i don't know i don't want i did that with the last episode like gave it like a non even kind of a number it's not even but you know Gosh darn it, I took up to calculus. I should know what, what is it, a full integer or something? There's going to be a word, an integer? Is that the word I'm looking yeah. for? An integer. I I need to give it an integer value. I didn't do that for the last episode. So I, don't, I, I feel like I shouldn't do it because I feel like it's just a slippery slope down to having mm-hmm. all kinds of decimals thrown in. But I feel like this is a three. And if I was being less uh, generous, it'd probably be like a 2.9 or 2.6. But it's just really not bad. It's just, like, forgettable. Like, I can excuse the plot holes. I, I the, mm. None of the characters are particularly frustrating. They're just as bad or as okay as they need to be. So, like, you know, it's just the three. Like, I, I, I'll probably forget this in a couple of days that I've ever watched it. Um, not as forgettable as Painkiller, however. But, yeah, that's Memory Killer. Yeah, but tried to be clever, and it wasn't. So, Zachy, now I want to know what you think about this. This whole episode, I feel like I've been talking and talking, <laughs> rambling. But how do you feel about this episode? What do you think about it? You know, the more we went into detail on it, the more I felt the justification for myself not liking it at a three-star level. Hmm. You know, we were talking about how many obvious glaring problems there are with the entire story of this episode. Because the part I like is like the last third of it and like a a really bad time to save the episode, Hmm. right? Because it's like, I need to care first. 
Yeah, it's too I've... short to only like the last third. That's exactly. Like, what? It's like a 20-minute episode or a 30-minute episode. And it's 30 minutes. The last 10 minutes are the good part. Like, Yeah, it's just no uh, good. They got to trudge through like two-thirds of the episode waiting for the good part. Mm-hmm. And though, that said, this episode, despite being like 30-ish minutes long... It actually feels like it's 10 minutes. Oh, like, yeah. No, it, it doesn't feel its length. It is much shorter feeling than any other episode. Yeah, it's very strange because so very little happens, but it doesn't necessarily feel like it's wasting time. So you don't feel like it's super long. But maybe it's because it's like a little treasure hunt that events kind of happen really quickly that it feels like it's a really quick episode. Yeah. But it's not boring. It's just not really intriguing i guess like it's like okay all this stuff is happening but i'm not that invested in it you didn't lose me as a viewer you yeah. know i'm still no one was looking at their watches exactly like i'm still engaged i'm just not intrigued yeah and it like i said it's planned but it's not awful it's not boring and that's i guess the good part about this episode is that it at least isn't boring yeah you know what's just funny? I think I called this episode boring at the beginning, and I think what I meant really was bland. Yeah. Because it is not It is not boring. Because, like, the last third of the episode is very much like the basement scene in Cabin in the Woods. Huh? Where they go into the basement in Cabin in the Woods where it's a bunch of weird random junk, and then they find the diary, and then they read oh, through it. I, th I thought you the... meant the ending of no, Cabin in no, no, the Woods. The like, beginning. Oh, heck no. But... It's like the beginning of that, but that's the pinnacle of the entire thing. Yeah. And it's less interesting. Yeah, because you take away all the hilarious clips of the dudes. And like... you take away all of the background stuff where it's just the diary in this weird room. Mm -hmm. And then that's basically the best part of the episode. Also, to cut in here, if you have not seen Cabin in the Woods, you are missing out. Watch it. It's so great. You owe it to yourself if you're a horror fan. Yeah. Like, if you've watched enough horror to be familiar with the tropes, this movie is a riot. Okay? Mm -hmm. It is so great. I just... I love it so much. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll actually review that or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we should. So, I think, as a whole... If you were going to speed run Tales from the Dark Side, I'd say skip this episode. Mm -hmm. like it's not good enough. Ones. Good and bad, hmm. right? Like, you can watch something bad and just be like, no, you need to watch this. Because it's bad in a special way. Yeah. Like, I'd say, like, Word Processor of the Gods. Just to get that full, broad sense of, like, the best and the worst of the series. To get a full, solid grip of what the series is like. Oh, man, no, I that's frustrating, but, but like... It's, it's necessary to understand the roller coaster of quality. Well, I wouldn't even say that one has bad quality. It's just that I... With that one, I just hate the main character. It doesn't feel like it's low quality. But that was you just a quick does... one to pick off of the, the you lineup. You know does feel low quality? Huh? Jin no Chaser. Oh, yeah. That one's awful. That one's that probably one... a better example. Yeah, but... that one's worse quality. Like I said, I actually don't hate it as much as Word Processor. Mm-hmm. But I certainly really hate it. It feels a lot less quality. Definitely, I would say this one is a skip. It's not an exciting episode. It, like, the last 10 minutes are good, but it's not worth getting there, I would say. So if you're watching the best and the worst, just skip this episode. Mm -hmm. Because it's ultimately, you're not going to miss it. Yeah. Although that said, if you really like House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price, you might really like this episode. It's not as great as that because, I mean, Vincent just Price imagine, isn't in this just episode. Just imagine the House on Haunted Hill without Vincent Price, without any of the fun, sensible writing. But keep all the kind of silliness with it and the kind of backstabbery that happens. Except, Without the know. fun kind of sadistic relationship. I love that relationship. <laughs> Their weird, flirtatious bickering is so wonderful to watch. A another movie recommendation. Watch Definitely. the original House on Haunted Hill. Like, Vincent Price makes it. It's so great. It's really dumb, but, like, it's really great. Like, if you don't really like watching old bad movies like that, like, straight up watch, like, a Mystery Science Theater, I'm, like, 100% sure they did it. Is that that? Or, like, Riff Tracks. Riff Tracks definitely I'm, like, did. always mixing those two up. But it's a great movie anyway. Vincent Price and, like, I can't remember the, the woman's name, his wife, but she's so great in there, too. She's just, like, she's, like, one of my favorite characters in that. It's such a great movie. But it's like somebody watched that movie. Hey, we can do that and worse. And said, we can do that. Or, <laughs> oh, I, I want to watch House on Haunted Hill. No, we have House on Haunted Hill. 
<laughs> and this is what you get. It's kind of like someone just, like I said, took that kind of idea. Let's take this kind of ruined relationship and like add that kind of like marital backstabbing in it. And then mm. like it had this sort of weird supernatural threat hanging over it. It's like I said, nowhere near as good as that, but it has that same idea almost. So uh, there you have it. That was the Madness Room. And two recommendations for horror movies that you should be watching. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. So, Zachy, mm. we just watched the Madness Room. Yes. What is the next episode that we are going to be talking about on this podcast? This one's going to be a fun one. And I mean that in all sorts of different ways. We're talking If the Shoes Fit. And it is an episode... About a politician who learns the dangers of making his line of work into a show. <laughs> yes, it's a really great episode. I feel like they made it very, very general. So it, it's generally about politicians who don't really take their work seriously and mm -hmm. just kind of think of the whole thing as a show. And, or performance, really. Yeah, and it, they made it so very general that you could probably apply it literally anytime, anywhere. But it's not very serious, despite what you might think. But it is funny. It's it is hilarious. very funny. This, this episode is funny as heck. It, is it a spoiler to say it involves clowns? Because... No, I would say it isn't. Okay, it involves clowns, and it's so funny. Actually, I think around this time, we actually watched more clown related things and yes we just... it was coincidentally a very clown filled season yeah. for us <laughs> we watched was it the haunting hour too yeah it was, it was coincidentally clown... yeah oh what episode it was like a clown fear episode mm -hmm. i don't remember the name but it, we watched two things about clowns yeah at the time which is kind of a coincidence but it's pretty funny yeah clowns are terrifying and they're also hilarious yes as they were meant to be <laughs> yes <laughs> So, Valina, if you want to be locked in a room of insanity, where would you go to find it? Well, you can find us locked inside our own personal madness rooms at This House Podcast at, of course, Instagram. And if you want to send us letters into our madness room. And uh, blueprints. And blueprints with keys wrapped inside of them. You could send them to us at thishousepodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and drop the key in the crack for us on iTunes. We'd be very grateful if you did, and we would laugh maniacally. Or we would just shoot our husbands and then toss ourselves down and well with our baby. Oh, yeah. Either way, it's going to be a well of a time. <laughs> and if you want to hear more of our episodes as they come out, Please subscribe to the podcast on whatever site you're listening to this on. Or app. Or app. That's all for tonight's episode. So, listeners, before we burn down the room with a kerosene oil lamp, get out of our house. Where's the key? The key's gone! Never mind about the key! Unlock the door! I can't unlock the door!